name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, in whose kingdom we are given access to seeing His most beautiful and amazing work. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, when Liz and I started dating uh, way back when I was a vicar in um, another town in Florida, <laughs> some of you know what that town is, I'll just leave it at that. Uh, when we started dating, um, uh, we, I, I would stay up forever. I'd have to get up early, and, and then we'd, we'd stay up um, a long time. So I basically uh, was dealing with a whole lot of sleep deprivation. And uh, one of the things that we would do kind of uh, later on is that uh, we would go to my apartment, and we'd be watching TV. We liked to watch Lost, and, and there were a few other things. And uh, one of the things that I would notoriously do is that uh, she would be there, and she'd be talking to me, and because I was dealing with so much sleep deprivation, I was kind of fading in and out, and uh, really not sure what was a dream and what was not, and uh, and uh, she would get frustrated with me, rightfully so, I totally understand it. She would get a little bit frustrated with me, and, um, uh, and, and I would be there on the couch, and I'd be kind of like, uh, and uh, she would wake me up, and um, she would asked me this question. And she would ask me, what did I just say? <laughs> and I knew that I was in trouble if I couldn't remember or if it was something really goofy, like that I had already gone into kind of dream mode, uh, like something about elephants, uh, that was probably not what she was talking about. And so it was sort of this sense of, uh, are you paying attention? And uh, by asking that question, well, I, I kind of ratted myself out. I, you know, I didn't know. So, yeah, I wasn't paying attention. And yet I lived for those moments where I actually was awake and I was paying attention. And she would say, what did I just say? And I would be able to just blurt it out. This is what you said. I was awake for this one. Well, that's sort of what it's like with our lives with God sometimes. Where... Uh, God tells us all of this stuff. We, we come here on a Sunday morning, and um, I, I have other friends who are from other traditions of Christianity, and they are just baffled by the fact that we read four scripture lessons. They're like, wait, wait a second, wait, why do you read four? Do you preach on all four? And like, no, I usually choose one. It's sort of like I, I get these four, and I get to choose one of them. And uh, they go, well, that's dumb. Why do you do that? And I go, well, because that's kind of what I get to choose out of all of, of the different options. And I get to say, okay, this is the one that I'm going to preach on. And then he says, well, why do you then go and read the other ones? And I say, well, um, basically it's to keep people's attention. Um, uh, mix it up a little bit. Which one's he preaching on? Um, but in, in reality, they all should be pointing to the, the same basic big truth. But um, uh, largely, um, uh, 
what we do is, is a lot of times, I know I used to do this, uh, and, and I still do this sometimes, where uh, if I know what I'm preaching on, I won't really read the other uh, readings that closely. I will read them, but just not that closely. Or uh, maybe if you're here, you're kind of like, you, you know that this whole series is going to be on the gospel lesson, and so uh, whoever gets up to read, they read, and you're kind of like, huh, I need milk. Um... My laundry needs to get done today. I need to go and get my watch battery replaced. Um, You're doing that kind of stuff. And uh, what this gospel reading is all about is uh, this sort of sense of uh, that you should be paying attention because this stuff is important. It was so important that uh, it meant heaven or hell for uh, this guy. Uh, this guy who doesn't have a name. Uh, traditionally, he's called Thieves. Um, uh, throughout history, he kind of gets that name. Uh, but he's just the rich man. Um, and a, a lot of times, we can get kind of fooled into thinking that this parable is about how God really hates rich people and he really loves poor people. But that's not true. And um, that's especially good news for you because compared with the rest of the world, no matter how poor you are, college students... Um, uh, You are very rich compared to a whole bunch of other people in the world. And so if you think that this parable is all about uh, God not liking rich people, then you're in trouble. Okay, he doesn't like you. You're rich. And then maybe some of you are like, oh, well, I'm poor, thank goodness. Well, you're still not as poor as Lazarus. I mean, they said that he got dumped off at this dude's house. He wasn't even, like, he didn't even go there himself. If you read the reading, he got placed there. That people were like, oh, a guy with kind of nasty sores who's getting dogs licking him. I don't want that in front of my house. Hey, I got an idea. Why don't we put him in front of that rich guy's house? There he goes. And so Lazarus is out front of this guy's house, and apparently he's so busy eating and drinking that he doesn't realize that he's there, or maybe he doesn't, he just doesn't care. And then they both die. And one of them gets to go to heaven, and one of them goes to Hades, which is uh, the Greek understanding of hell. And um, it's really important at this juncture that I tell you a little caveat, a, a little something about um, uh, the, what this uh, scripture is all about. This scripture is a parable. And so the things that you read in it, are they, they're a story told for a greater truth. And so when you hear things like Abraham was, um, that this guy could see Abraham, that Abraham was like in the skybox up in heaven, and uh, this rich guy was like, hey, send Lazarus with some water, that that's maybe um, uh, probably more about uh, what what the concepts of heaven were like at the time than what they really are, what heaven is like. Now, if heaven is actually like that, then right on. But that's not the point here. The point is that uh, Lazarus seems to have been paying attention to Scripture, and uh, this guy didn't. And he, he recognizes that, because when Abraham shouts back to him, Sorry, bud, distance is too great, can't do it. He, he says, uh, Go to my brother's. 
And Abraham says, they have Moses and the prophets. I don't need to go to them. That's how Lazarus got here. And that's kind of what he's saying to us, too. Like, why, why do you need somebody else? Can't you just read the book? I mean, it's not that thick. I've read thicker. Um, some of you hate to read, but you can still read the Psalms. Um, they're kind of repetitive. I get that. But um, uh, the, you can read this stuff. And you can pay attention to it. And lo and behold, uh, you might actually, at some point in time, understand that there are four Gospels. Uh, you, you may actually get to the point where you know where to look in your Bible in order to get to the book of Philemon. You may actually get to a point where you're able to answer some silly Bible trivia that shows up on Jeopardy or, or something else. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? But what God is doing is He's calling you out and He's saying, Hey, are you paying attention? Because if you're not paying attention, you could end up like this rich dude. And the way that you get to be like Lazarus is that you pay attention to Scripture. You pay attention to what God is speaking into your hearts. What God is telling you through the work of the Holy Spirit that's coming through those words of Scripture at you. Are you paying attention? And so, Abraham is up there with Lazarus, and this guy is like, Hey, can, can you uh, send Lazarus to uh, my, my unbelieving five brothers? And Moses is like, Nope. And um, uh, the, the guy pleads with him a little bit more. Um, uh, well, yes, they have that, but if you send a guy who comes back from the dead, I know that they'll listen to a zombie. That's essentially what he's saying, right? If you send somebody who comes back from the dead, um, who is, I mean, in our understanding as a culture, that's either a zombie or uh, like a vampire, um, uh, that uh, they come back to life and they say, Boo! Your brother's in hell. You don't want to go there. And if those five brothers are there, what do they say? Well, how do we not go to hell? We don't want to go to hell. That, that would be excellent. Let's not go to hell. And uh, the answer to that question is pay attention to Scripture. Pay attention to Scripture because uh, in there you get amazing things. You get this amazing story of salvation of humankind from the very moment that it's created until even beyond where we're at. This prophecy that goes into when Christ comes back and He renews the earth and He gives us this resurrection. It's going to be great. God gives you all of that, and it's more than just Moses and the prophets. In fact, it's even this piece of God who did raise from the dead. See, Moses actually maybe took the guy up on what he was saying. Well, they aren't listening to Moses and the prophet, that's for sure. So maybe we should send somebody back from the dead. And that person was Jesus. 
a person who in many ways resembled Lazarus in that he was poor and that he was uh, despised by much of his community at, at one point in time, especially when he was up on the cross, that he was considered to be cursed by God while he was on this earth, and yet he was the one who we see at Abraham's side. He was the one that we see juxtapositioned at the transfiguration between Elijah and Moses. He is the one who shows you what the kingdom of God is like. And this whole series that we're doing is all about how the kingdom of God looks here at University Lutheran. And part of that is that we read the Bible together and that we understand that God is speaking to us and asking us to pay attention to it. And sometimes it requires a whole lot of attention. Read Habakkuk. Read 1 Corinthians. Read Revelation. That needs a lot of attention. But that you're you're reading it and, and that you're paying attention and, and Asking God, what is it that you're asking me to pay attention to here? What is it in these four readings that God is asking you to pay attention to today? For this week, for next week, for your whole life maybe. What is it that God is doing in these words? Because what you'll find in this book is that God is actually standing in those words. We call Jesus Christ the Word of God. When he come, when the Word of God comes to Daniel in that Old Testament reading, what it means is that God is coming to Daniel in the form of words, but it's actually Christ there in the midst of those words, much like Christ is in the midst of when we celebrate the Lord's Supper together, that He's there in, with, and under those words, that He's here in, with, and under the words of Scripture. And that he's calling out to us, pay attention, I have something great to give you. I have eternal life to give you. You can be by Abraham in the skybox, looking at people in hell, if you, okay. Um, But, there is something so, so full of worth in those words that not having them, well, it's like being in hell. But that having them is like being right there. Being right there with God and with Abraham and Moses and Elijah and Paul and Peter and whoever else has preceded you in the faith. Because they understood, and they paid attention just like you will. To see God's gift. Amen.